Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your boy, Damien. Join us here today as we begin our study into the final chapter in the book of Daniel with Daniel chapter 12 today here on Last Things Podcast. guys it's your boy damien coming to you once again with another episode of the last things podcast where we are on a journey to truth it is indeed an honor and privilege to come before you once again as we discuss the word of god how is everybody doing on today i want to wish you and your family a very merry christmas i pray that you had a wonderful time off. I know I did spending time with family and friends and just having an extra time off. So I pray that it was good as good to you. <clears throat> excuse me as it as it was good to you as it was to me. And um, having said that, you know, we are getting ready to go into a brand new year. We've only got what, maybe seven, seven more days until the end of 2023 and 2024 begins. Man, I'm telling you, it seemed like the years are just flying by fast, man. It seemed like it was just yesterday it was 2023. And now here it is 2024. But, <clears throat> you know, but Having said that, we are here. We started our journey earlier this year with Daniel chapter uh, with the book of Daniel. We started with Daniel one. I want to say we started in April. I think we started in April. And now here we are um, toward the end of the year. And we are here at Daniel chapter 12, the last chapter in the book of Daniel, which, as I've uh, kept telling, kept saying, Daniel 12 is nothing more than a continuation of Daniel 11. It's the same cover. The angel is still having a conversation with Daniel. OK, so all it is is just a continuation of Daniel 11. OK, so having said that, let's jump right into this thing. We are at Daniel chapter 12 and we're going to start at verse one. And as any if we have new listeners for the first time, I'm going to be reading this out of the New Living Translation. OK. This is what it says. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over your nation will arise. Let me stop right here. This is not the first time that we have heard Michael being the uh, guarding or watching over the nation of Israel. We read about that in Daniel chapter 10. We It was Daniel chapter 10, I think verse 21, where it talked about Michael being the spiritual prince to the nation of Israel. So Michael is the guardian over the nation of Israel. He watches over them. Okay. Now let's keep going with the rest of verse one. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book of in the book 
will be rescued. Okay, let's stop here. Look, look at the second part of verse one. It says, then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. Doesn't that not sound familiar? It should. If you go to Matthew chapter 24, verse 21, let me pull it up on my laptop real quick. I'm going to read it to you. Matthew chapter 24. And we're going to go to verse 21. This is what it says. And if you have your Bible, it's written in red. For there will be greater anguish than any at than at any time since the world began, and it will never be so great again. So if you listen to what Jesus is saying, he is somewhat quoting Daniel 12, verse 1. He's quoting it as saying there's gonna, this is going to be a greater time, greater, it's going to be a time of anguish, greater than any. So Jesus is quoting Daniel, and this is the second time that Jesus has told us, hey, go back to Daniel. Remember, he told them in, in Matthew 24 about the abomination of des desolation. He said, when you see that spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then go, then those who are Judea flee to the hills, right? So this is the second time that Jesus has quoted something from Daniel. This is why I say when you read when you are when it comes to revelation, you have to read the book of Daniel as well. Those two books go hand in hand, okay? And as you see, Jesus keeps telling us go back to Daniel, go back to Daniel when it comes to anything in time related. He tells us go back to Daniel, okay? <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, Let's go ahead on to verse and, and notice what uh, the other part of chapter one says. But at but at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. What is that? What is angels? What is the book? We know that to be the book of life. We've read. We've heard. We know all about the book of life. If your name is written in a book of life, you have you will be saved. If your name is not written in the book of life, you are not saved. Right. So this is very key because look at what he says. But at that time, every one of your people. So that means for the Jews, if their name is not written in that book of life, they will not be saved. That is very key. You know, we're not going to discuss that part. OK, but that's very key. So if you are Jewish, just because you're Jewish does not guarantee your salvation. Your name must be written in the Lamb's book of life, right? If your name is not written in there, salvation is not for you because you have not submitted to Jesus Christ. You have not acknowledged him to be your Lord and Savior, okay? So we're seeing that here in Daniel. That's what Dan That's what this is talking about, okay? Now, let's look at verse 2. It says this, many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace, okay? Verse 2, we have talked about there are two resurrections. The first, re let's look at Revelation chapter 20, okay? Let's look at Revelation 20, and let's go up to verse 4. This is what it says. Then I saw, this is John, then I saw thrones and the people sitting on them had been given the authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their testimony about Jesus and for proclaiming the word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. They all came to life again and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Verse five. This 
is the first resurrection. The re then in parentheses, it says the rest of the dead did not come back to life until after the thousand years have ended. Blessed and holy, verse six, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. For them, the second death holds no power, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him. How long? A thousand years. So Daniel tells us that there are going to be two resurrections. The first resurrection, as we read here, that group is who part of the pe that part of the resurrection is who people who have died during the tribulation period who did not worship the beast they didn't worship his statue or accept his mark on their foreheads or their hands the tribulation saints anybody who dies during the tribulation period will be a part of the first resurrection during the millennial reign of christ okay now who else is a part of first generation all of the um old testament saints who died because why? They are already in heaven. They will be a part of the first resurrection. Who else will be a part of the first resurrection? The two witnesses. Why? Because they die in the streets, right? And then three days later, they come back to life. They will also be a part of the first resurrection. Could you consider the rapture a part of the first resurrection? I guess you could because that takes place before the seven before the seven year period begins. Okay. So that is the first resurrection. Now, if we scroll further down, remember Daniel 12 says that some will rise. It says some will rise up to everlasting life. That's the first resurrection. And some to shame and everlasting disgrace. So what's that? If that's the first resurrection, and remember what Revelation 20 said, there's some who will not Verse six, verse five of Revelation 20 says the rest of the dead did not come back to life until when the thousand years had ended. So that's the second resurrection. Those who are resurrected after the millennial reign. Now, here's the problem with that. If we scroll down to verse 11, this is the part. This is the second resurrection. And I saw a great white throne and the one sitting on it, the earth and the sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the books were open, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea, verse 13, the sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Verse 14, the death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was what? Thrown into the lake of fire. So the first resurrection is who? For all of those who have submitted to God, right? So who is the second resurrection? They go before what? The great white throne judgment. That is a salvation issue. If you are a part of that great white throne judgment, there is a high probability you're going to be thrown into the lake of fire. You want no parts of the great white throne judgment. You want to be a part of the Bema seat judgment that 2 Corinthians chapter 5 talks about. That's the judgment for the church. 
the Bema seat judgment is not a salvation issue because you've submitted your life to Christ. The Bema seat judgment is a works issue. It's going to judge your works. The Bible talks about your works will be tested by fire. And if your work survived that fire, it means you had you um you were doing it with a righteous heart. You weren't seeking anything out of it. And it says you'll get a great reward. However, it also says if your works don't survive that fire, it says you're going to suffer great loss. What's the great loss? We don't know. However, you still go into heaven. Why? Because you've submitted to Christ. You're still a part of that beam of seat judgment. We just don't know what loss you're going to suffer. However, you still go to heaven. OK, so when we go back to Daniel 12, that's what Daniel is talking about. The first resurrection and the second resurrection, the beam of seat judgment and the great white throne judgment. OK, that's what Daniel verse three, verse two is speaking about. OK, so now let's go to verse three. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky and those who who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. Verse three, those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky. And those who lead many to righteousness will shine bright like the stars. What does the Bible say? The fear of the Lord is the what? The beginning of wisdom. The Bible says those who bring people to righteousness are what? Considered wise. Okay. Now let's look at verse four. But you, Daniel, Keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end, where many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. That is very key. The angel tells Daniel, this prophecy is a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end. This whole prophecy from Daniel 11 that started in Daniel chapter 11 and is ending in Daniel 12 is considered a secret. And it is what sealed up when until the time of the end, meaning what there are parts of this prophecy that you're not going to understand until we get closer to the end. Then you'll understand it. And where it says here where many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase, people believe that's talking about traveling all over the world, rushing here and there, going to and fro. I don't think that's what that means. I think that means coming back to this particular prophecy because you're not going to understand it until we get closer to the end, until we get closer to the tribulation. As we get closer to the tribulation, you will understand more of the prophecy will begin to unfold and you will begin to understand more. So that's why there are pieces of this prophecy from Daniel 11 that we don't understand because it's secret. So that's why it's very important that we read it now and then we keep coming back to it years down the road. Why? Because as the time gets closer and closer to the end, we will more knowledge and more understanding will begin to come and we'll be able to understand more. A lot of things will be revealed to us more as we keep as we get closer and closer to the end. OK. So that's why it's very important to always come back to Scripture. I'll keep studying the Word of God. Even though if you've read your Bible from front to back, from Genesis to Revelation, it don't matter. Continue to still study the Word. Why? Because every time you read it, you could get a different revelation every day, okay? And as it comes to this particular prophecy in Daniel 11, you're not going to understand it now. But as we get closer and closer to the end, 
you'll come back to it and then bits and more will be revealed to you and you'll begin to understand more of it. Okay. Now let's go to verse five. It says, then I, Daniel looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen who was now standing above the river. How long will it be until these shocking events are over? Verse seven. The man dressed in linen who was standing above the river raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one, which is capitalized, we know we're talking about God, who lives forever, saying, it will go on for time, times, and half a time. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to, the, to, the, to an end, all these things will have happened, okay? So they tell Daniel, Daniel, here's how long this is going to take, time. One year times plural two. So one plus two is three and half a time, half a year, a half, three and a half years. The second half of the seven year period is when all of this begins. OK, that's what they that's what they say. And look what it says. When the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end, all these things will have happened. The, the seven year tribulation period is all about the Jews. It has nothing to do with the church. It's all about the Jews. That's who it's all about. It's all about them. OK. And look at what the scripture said. Once all of that has happened, all these things will have happened. Everything that Daniel's everything that's, that has said has happened in the prophecy will have finished when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. After three and a half years, everything that is said, that second half of the seven year period, everything that is said in this prophecy will have come to pass. OK, so at the end of the seven years, everything here will have happened. OK. Now, let's go to verse eight. I heard what he said. This is Daniel talking, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked. How will all of this finally end, my Lord? Lord is capitalized. This ain't Christ, okay? This is an angel he's talking to. So Daniel says, I didn't understand nothing that he said. So he's in essence saying, give it to me where I can understand it, right? How long will all of this be? When will all this finally end, right? Here's the answer they gave him, verse nine. But he said, go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. The angel tells Daniel for the second time, this is sealed up until we get to the end times. He tells him again, you're not going to understand this until we get to where the time of the end. That's when you'll understand it. So no matter how many times you read Daniel 11 and you're trying to understand it, you're trying to you you trying to figure out what does this mean? What does this mean? What does that mean? You're not going to understand it until we get to the end. As closer we get to the end, more will be revealed and more understanding will come. And then you'll understand a little more about Daniel 11. But until we get to the end. You're not going to understand it. OK. And the angel has told Daniel this twice. So he told him because Dan, even Daniel himself doesn't understand anything, any of this. He doesn't. 
the angels telling Daniel this information, but it's not for Daniel. It's for us in our time because we're the ones that's closer to the end. This ain't about Daniel. This is about us. That's why we're looking at it. And part of it, we can understand a lot more than Daniel could because it doesn't affect Daniel. This section affects us. Okay. Now look at verse 10. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. But the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. When we talk about wise, what are you talking about? Those who lead people to righteousness, those who are living for righteousness, they are considered wise. So because they of them living for Christ, people will understand. If you're living for God, if you have submitted to Jesus, you're going to understand more and more what this really means. But it says the wicked will continue in their wickedness. We know that all through Revelation. It talks about how people are still remember when the two witnesses die. What happens? People are going to have what I call a reverse Christmas. You know, it's Christmas as I'm recording this. A reverse Christmas, meaning what? They're celebrating the death of these two witnesses. They're having gifts and parties and things of that nature. That's why I call it a reverse Christmas. We celebrate the birth of Christ. They're celebrating the death of these two witnesses, okay? So that's 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 one example of how wickedness will continue. But it, as here in Scripture, only those who are wise, how are you wise? By submitting yourself to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you will know what it means. OK, what's going on, guys? Listen, I want to do a very special um, uh, interruption right here. As I was uh, editing the this episode of the podcast, as I got to looking at Daniel uh, 12, verse 11, it's, I believe um, I should be at verse 11. I should be at verse 11 and 12. OK. As I got to looking over the episode, I didn't feel like I did a good enough job explaining that part. So what I want to do is I want to um, discuss it again and try to give a little bit more clarity to it. OK, so let's let's do this. Let's look at verse 11 from the time the daily sacrifices stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. Okay, we know that three and a half years is 1,260 days. So that means that if there, if, if here the angel is saying from the time the daily sacrifices stop because, excuse me, but because, uh, because, during when the uh, third temple is rebuilt, they're going to go back to doing daily sacrifices like they did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament times, when they uh, when they committed sin, what did they do? They sacrificed animals. Right. They had sacrifices. So they're going to go back to doing that when the third temple is rebuilt. OK, so verse 11 says from the time the daily sacrifices is stopped. And the sacrilegious object that causes desecration, it's going to be 1,290 days, which we know that's three and a half years. Three and a half years is 1,260 days. So this is the second half of the seven-year period, right? However, there are 30 days extra added on to this. So what is the 30 days? What happens during this 30-day window? Answer. We really don't know why. Remember, the angel told Daniel 
You're not going to understand all of this until we get what closer to the end. So as we get closer to the end, we'll understand, well, what happens during that 30 day window? Now, everybody just speculates as to what happens right now. We do know that at the end of the seven year period, Jesus is supposed to return. But however, if, if that is true and he does come back, then what what is going on during this 30 day window? We really don't know. Now, some people feel like he when he comes back, this is going to be uh, the time that he's setting up his government because this is where people are going to rule. Right now, when he comes back, this is before his millennial reign. So people feel like this is him setting up his government and it's going to take him some time to set up the government. I've seen um, one book that I read. It said there's three possibilities what this what it is. One, it'll take time to rid the earth of the Antichrist impact. Another one, it says it'll take time to gather the elect and assemble them in Israel because a lot of the Jews are going to be spread out during that time. And then the third one is going to be a period of grace before judgment, which I don't know exactly what that means. Well, um, well, no, because that's when God will judge. So I don't know what that, well, I don't know what that part means. Okay. But at the end of the day, we don't know what happens during that extra 30 days. We don't know because the angel told us twice, you're not going to understand until the end comes. So we can only speculate. So there's not a, there's a lot of speculation as far as that one. OK, now look at verse 12. It says, and blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the one thousand three hundred and thirty five days. Now, if you add forty five days, so basically we have one thousand two hundred and ninety days. But in verse 12, now we've got one thousand three hundred and thirty five days. So there are 45 days added on to the 1,290 days. You add 45 to it, and that comes out to 1335, right? So the angel says, blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. So question again, what does this mean? So why does he say they're blessed are those who wait? that 45 days after the 1,290 days. Because, you know, the Bible says, we don't know the day or the hour of the Lord's return. We just speculating. We know it's going to be sometime after the seven years. However, we don't know exactly when. We just know after the seven years, we're set up for anywhere to any time between that seven-year period and at any time after that 1,260 uh, days and possibly add on that extra 30 day window, anywhere in that window could possibly be when Jesus returns on earth. However, we don't know. So the question is, what is going to happen with this extra 45 days added on to the 1,290 days? Now, I've seen this from a couple of places, a couple of reputable places, and they're leaning towards this to explain that 1,335 days. OK, let's go to Matthew 25 and let's go to verse 31. This is what it, this is what it says. But when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit upon his glorious throne. 
all the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as the she as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left hand. Verse 34. Then the king will say to all those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Right now, let's go down. This is what he told them on the ones who on the right. Now, let's go down to verse 31. Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, away with you, you cursed ones into the general, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For when for I was hungry and you didn't feed me, I was thirsty, you didn't give me a drink. So this is the judgment when Christ returns. This happens before the millennial reign, okay? Because after the millennial reign, Satan will be let loose again to tempt the world. And that's when the great white throne judgment takes place. After the millennial reign, as we talked about earlier in Daniel, remember, there's two resurrections. The And, Re and Revelation said, and in Daniel said, uh, was it Daniel? I think it was Revelation in Revelation 20, where it says the other there was a group of people that didn't get resurrected until after the millennial reign. That's the great white throne judgment. OK, so we see here in Matthew 25, this is Christ setting up his kingdom on the earth before his millennial reign. Remember the parable where he said the wheat, where the uh, farmer had the wheat and the tear, right? And he was going in and the guy asked him, he said, hey, do you want me to pull the tear up to, uh, do you want me to pull the tear? Because the tear is growing along with the wheat. And I'm paraphrasing, go back reading your study time. And he tells him, no, because if you pull the tear, you're going to damage the wheat. Let them both grow. And then in the end, I will come in and I'll separate the wheat from the tear. Is that not what Jesus is talking about? The sheep from the goats. If you don't know this, when we talk about goats in the Bible, goats are people who are destined for hell. Sheep are the righteous. Goats are the unrighteous. OK, so that's what it means when he says sheep and goats. Sheep are always righteous. Goats are not righteous. OK, so that's what this part of scripture means in Matthew 25. So everybody believes that that one thousand. Well, some people where I've seen reputable, reputable sources are saying the one thousand three hundred and thirty five days represents Christ setting up the world during the millennial reign, judging the nations, judging the people. That's what people believe. That's what judging the nations. That's what um, a lot of scholars, most people are leaning towards right now. What you read here in Matthew chapter 25 from verse 31 on down to 46, this is what people are thinking is taking place during that 1,335 days, okay? So we have two time periods. After the abomination of desolation is set up, it's supposed to be 1,290 days. But then the angel says, blessed are those who hold out until the 1,335 days, meaning after the, after the temple and that extra, th after that 1,290 days, he said, blessed are those who hold out 45 days after that. Answer, 
What happens during that 45-day window? We don't know. All we can do is speculate. That's the time Jesus will will set up his rule and his reign for his thousand-year millennial reign. Remember what Revelation says. You got to remember this. After the millennial reign, Satan will be let loose on the earth to tempt it one final time. And after the millennial reign, when Satan is finally defeated and thrown into the lake of fire, that's when you get the great white throne judgment. Okay, but that judgment does not take place until when? After the millennial reign, the great white throne judgment after the millennial reign. Okay. How those are for the people who are already dead, who will not be resurrected until after that. Okay. But the people that are on the earth during his millennial reign, those are the ones that he's going to start throwing into the lake of fire. Okay. That's just, again, it's my opinion. We really don't know. As I said, the angel told Daniel, you're not going to know this until when we get closer to the end. But the angel did tell Daniel once the end, once the breaking of God's people, as we talked about early in scripture, once that happens, all of this stuff will have fine, will have taken place. OK, so as far as what those two dates, what those two time periods mean. We're just speculating because we don't know. The angel says that the, the prophecy of Daniel 11 is what? It is sealed up until the end. So all we can do is speculate. However, again, as we get closer and closer and closer to his return, to the end of everything, that's when more information will be revealed, and that's when we will get a better understanding of this particular prophecy. So it's, as I said, it's very important that we come back to this at some point in time, okay? So guys, I just wanted to bring this up just in case I didn't do a good enough job explaining it. I hope and pray that I did a good enough job explaining it to you this time so that you'll get a better understanding, okay? Thank you guys again. Let's get back to the episode. Love you guys. Be blessed. Now, look at verse 13. This is what the angel tells Daniel. As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest. And then at the end of days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. The angel tells Daniel, go your way until the end. You will find and you will rest. The Bible equates death to sleep. Remember, is that not what Jesus told the disciples about Lazarus before he resurrected him? He told them first that Lazarus was asleep. Then he tells them that's in John chapter 11. If you want to go back and read it. John chapter 11, verses 11 through 14. If you want to read in your study time, he tells them he's asleep. But then he tells them again later on, Lazarus ain't asleep. He's dead. Let's go. That's what the angel's telling him. He's telling Daniel, live your life. Don't worry about this anymore. Live your life. Keep living. And you and of course, he's telling him you're going to die. He doesn't tell him how he just tells him you're going to die. And then he says, what? At the end of days, you will what rise again to receive their inheritance set aside before you. The angels telling Daniel, you have a, You have an eternal reward and you're going to rise one day and, and you will claim what is rightfully yours. He, in essence, told Daniel, when you die, you have nothing to fear. You have a spot in the kingdom. 
He is in essence guaranteeing Daniel's salvation. That's that's exactly what he's doing. He just guaranteed Daniel's salvation. And that and you can't get no better than that for them to tell you, man, you got nothing to worry about. And that's what the angels telling them. Go in peace. He's telling them, don't think about this anymore. Just go in peace. Okay. And that's the end of Daniel chapter 12. I tell you, it's a short chapter. It's really short. It's just a mere continuation of what the angel was telling Daniel in uh, chapter 11. Okay. But as I've said, a lot of things about this, we're not going to understand why, because we have to get closer to the end. As we get closer to the end, that is where we will have more understanding of this prophecy in Daniel 11. So it's very important that somewhere down the road, we're going to come back to Daniel because more information will have been revealed. And I believe that is when, as years go by, we come back to Daniel at some point, And then guess what? We might have a little more information about this prophecy. And then we might be able to understand it a lot better than we can now. Amen. Amen. And that's a perfect place to not only close out the uh, book of Daniel, but also open up for salvation. Because notice what the angel tells him. Your salvation is secure. We are moving into a brand new year. You don't want to go into 2024 the same way you start you uh the same way you are now. You and you don't know what's going to happen in 2024 and let's let's be real. It ain't no guarantee you even going to make it to 2024 because you still got time. Jesus is coming guys and he stand and he, the everybody I told somebody everybody believes Jesus is going to be that same soft spoken hearted Jesus that he was when he walked the earth the first time he's not going to be that way remember the Bible says in Isaiah where they asked him Lord what is all this red all on your robe all this all this all this red on why are you covered in all this red what did he tell them he said oh it's the blood of my enemies does that sound like somebody you want to play with when he comes back, he coming back. He ain't playing no games. He ain't about no excuses. What's the, how, how does the song say? He going to have time today. He going to have time. He going to look at his watch and say, oh, I got time today. That's the Jesus that's coming. It's better to bow now than it is to bow on the other side. But that same, but that same Jesus that's coming back. He's also knocking at the door of your heart saying, let me in. Let me teach you my ways because I'm humble and humble and gentle. The things that you're dealing with in your life right now, you trying, you're trying your best to deal with it. And all he's doing is standing in the background saying, hey, you've tried your way for all this time. W what is the what what do they say? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result is the definition of the word insanity. You've been trying to do things your own way all this time. And guess what? It ain't working. So now as we go through, oh, now as we about to start a brand new year, a brand new season, let's try something different. Let's try it God's way. How about that? Let's try it his way. Because his success rate is no failures. That's all I can say. 
no failures. He he has a guaranteed success rate. Is the road going to be easy? No. You're going to hit some bumps in the road. You're going to lose some people. You're going to suffer a little loss. You might be a little embarrassed. You People going to turn on you. People going to lie on you. People probably will cheat on you. People probably will steal from you. Absolutely. All those things are going to are possibly going to happen. Absolutely. But guess what? He's more than the world against him. What does uh, Psalm say? If God be for me, what can mere mortals do to me? What do you have to lose? You tried it your way. Now it's time to try it God's way. And how can you try it his way? First things first, you have to submit to Jesus Christ. Submit to him. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. You want to try God's way? Submit to his son. Accept what accept him as your Lord and Savior. So that if something ever happened to you or if the rapture takes place, guess what? You, your salvation is secure. And guess what? Just as the angel told Daniel he will have an eternal reward, you yourself will have an eternal reward that will be waiting for you. Guaranteed. Amen. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to bow your heads. Just pray this simple little prayer. Lord Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart. Make me, shape me, and mold me into the person who you've called me to be. My life is now in your hands. Do with me as you wish. In the mighty name of Lord Jesus, I pray and I thank you. Amen. Guys, we're going to believe that if you pray that simple little prayer, you have transferred over from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we believe that your name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. So whether you go by rapture or the grave, you will have a, a seat in the kingdom and you will also have not only a seat in the kingdom, but you will have a, a eternal reward that is waiting for you. Amen. Amen. Welcome home, my brother. Welcome home, my sister. Now, I will tell you this. Pray and ask God to send you to a good Bible-based church because we live in a time where everything that says church is not church. Pray and let God lead you to where he wants you to be, and he will do just that. Amen. Guys, this is it for, for the book of Daniel. We started our journey earlier in the year with the book of Daniel, and now we have concluded our journey into the book of Daniel. And as I said, down the road, we're going to revisit Daniel, and we're going to also revisit Revelation again somewhere down the road, okay? Because everything we want as time goes on, more information will become available to us, more knowledge will increase, and we'll be able to come back to these books and we'll be able to see a little more than we saw, than we see now. And it's going to be like, oh, okay, so now we understand, okay? So that's what we're going to do at some point down the road. Amen. Amen. Guys, next week, I'm going to record a special season finale episode of the Last Things Podcast. Now, because of that, I'm going to release it 
Sunday. Okay. It's not, it's, it's really just a word of encouragement as we leave 2023 behind and go into 2024, a brand new year, a brand new season, new opportunities. I just want to encourage you as we go into a brand new year. Okay. So I'm going to release that episode next Sunday. Okay. Next Sunday. And then after that episode, we'll be done for the, that'll be the end of the season. That'll be the end of season two. And we'll be gone for the entire month of January. And we're going to come back in mid-February. I'm going to look at the date and see exactly when we're going to return. But I think it's going to be mid-February when we come back, okay? We're going to, of course, take some time off as far as the direction, as far as where we're going, do some further upgrades. Because as time keeps going, we want to continue to upgrade and step our game up. Amen? Amen. We'll discuss all of that next week. Okay. So guys, before you walk out the door, pray the Lord's prayer and the armor of God prayer with your family before you walk out of the door so that you will be protected from the wiles and tricks of the devil. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. You guys have a blessed week. Please be safe out there. And I'll see you back here next week with our season finale episode of the last things podcast, where we are on a journey to truth. Love you guys. Be blessed. <laughs>